You're listening to Second on the Mount, a podcast of sermons from Second Presbyterian Church, located on Mountain Avenue in Roanoke, Virginia. We are glad you found us. My name is Elizabeth Link, and I'm the executive pastor. Each week, we climb into the pulpit with a bit of fear and trembling. We hope and pray that what we have to say is true to God's will for the church and may encourage and challenge you on your journey of discipleship. Please rate and review if you enjoy. May the Spirit have some word for you in what we have to share. Please pray with me. God of mercy, your faithfulness to your covenant frees us to live together in the security of your powerful love. Amid all the changing words of our generation, speak your eternal word that does not change. Amen. Our scripture reading for this morning's sermon comes from the New Testament Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. Hear God's word for the church today. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. My brother and I were fortunate. We grew up just a few miles away from our grandparents. While we lived in town, my father's parents lived out in the country. While we may have a potted tomato plant on our back patio, Our grandfather had a greenhouse, a garden, beehives, and chickens. It was a pretty fun place to play and explore. My cousin Jamie and I especially loved our grandfather's muscadines. In the late summer, that giant vine would be laden with hundreds of dark purple fruit. Jamie and I would take the vegetable strainer from our grandmother's kitchen and pick all the fruit we could reach. Though I grew up around it and appreciated the fruits of my grandfather's labors, to say I know much about gardening would be untrue. I do my best to love and nurture green things in our yard, and I do okay. But Chris, my husband, is the real green thumb in our family. So I had to spend some time this week learning a bit about grapevines. Though not common knowledge to me, or perhaps to you, The image Jesus uses of the vine, the branches, and the fruit 
was an image his disciples could grasp. This was something his disciples could touch, taste, and see in their own backyards. The image of the vine was one that they would have heard before. In the Psalms, they read about how God took a vine out of Egypt and planted it in a good and promised land. The prophet Isaiah sings a song about God's vineyard, and even more prophets speak of God finding Israel like grapes in the wilderness. The images were often used to illustrate what had gone wrong or what had been lost or forgotten by the people Israel. But the common thread in these Old and New Testament passages is God's abiding presence. Jesus takes this image of Israel and draws it to himself. In John's Gospel, we are eavesdropping into an intimate conversation. But it's a conversation we are pretty sure we were meant to hear. Jesus is preparing his disciples, his closest friends, for his absence. It's a pastoral moment, really. Throughout the Gospel of John, Jesus has used a number of I am statements to help explain who he is and how he is connected to God. I am the Good Shepherd. I am the Bread of Life. I am the Light of the World. And into this pastoral moment, Jesus offers one last image. I am the vine. He introduces this idea of extraordinary dependence and reliance on the vine as he introduces them to a way they can hold on to that promise. It's a deeply relational image, one of mutual dependence. I don't know about you, but I need something deeply relational after the past year we have had. I find myself clinging more and more to the language of grace and love and abiding presence that we find in Scripture. Perhaps that's why I was drawn to this particular passage from our lectionary group today. Jesus is speaking to his disciples' hearts, and through his words, he touches our own. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. If you have ever pruned a shrub or a tree, then you know the process can appear brutal. Sometimes it can look like the shell of the plant is all that's left behind, but come the next growing season, that green thing can bear beautiful leaves, beautiful fruit. There's no going back to life before the storm in terms of trauma theory. Things are changed. People are changed. In some ways this year, it may feel as if we've been pruned back to a nub. The good news in this passage is that God is at work because God is the vine grower. And the main idea in pruning is not to cut off dead branches, but to allow more air and more light to reach the plant beneath. Abide in me, Jesus says. More air and more light. Abide is a passive verb in the Greek. It's not something you can do. It's simply what you are. And our faith is what you are from the moment you are baptized. 
Abiding means remembering you are connected to Jesus and you are connected to one another. Lutheran pastor and author Nadia Boltz Weber says that Christianity is a lousy religion for the I'll do it myself set. We are meant to be tangled up together. We are meant to live lives of profound interdependence, growing into, around, and out of each other. In a vine, branches are almost completely indistinguishable from one another. This part of Jesus' imagery can be difficult for us to accept. It implies that our lives are not our own, that our choices affect people we don't even know, that we are bound to the community of God's people, whether it suits our temperament or not. Abide. It is the key word in Jesus' metaphor. It appears eight times in these eight verses. As Debbie Thomas describes it, abide is a tricky word. Passive on the one hand, yet active in the other. To abide is to stay rooted in place. But it is also to grow, to change, and to multiply. It is a vulnerable-making verb. If we abide, we get pruned. It is a risky verb. If we abide, we'll bear fruit that others will see and taste. It's a humbling verb. If we abide, we'll have to accept nourishment that is not of our own making. And it is a relentlessly communal verb. If we abide, we will have to live a life that is messy, crowded, tangled, and gorgeous. A life that is deeply rooted and wildly fertile. If God is the vine grower, Jesus is the vine, and we are the branches. What then should we do? According to John, we have only one task. To abide, to tarry, to stay, to cling, to remain, to depend, to rely, to hang in there for the long haul. Last Saturday, we shared the memorial service for our pastor emeritus, Dr. Bill Klein. George, Marianne, and I led the live stream service for you all to view. Though we were alone in the sanctuary as we recorded, we felt far from alone in the experience. Once the benediction was declared and the postlude was played, we lingered in this space where Dr. Klein had preached and taught for decades. George shared that he could picture the saints of Second Presbyterian who have gone on before us. He pictured Lynn Avis in his usual pew. Judge Fitzpatrick, seated with his family. Dick Bainton, ushering folks down the aisle for a seat. All at once, we thought of the sanctuary of saints who have filled this space five or ten times over and the congregations that warmed these pews before us. Those faithful branches listened to Dr. Klein preach. They prayed with him. They both agreed and disagreed with him. They loved him and loved one another. They too were disciples along this way. As you've heard, today is Legacy Sunday. We remember all those branches on this ancient vine. We consider the ways God tended them as God tends us now.
Bill Klein was a bulwark for this congregation. Yet here we stand without him. Here we stand much because of him, because of God's work through him. Here we carry on faithfully because he and other ministers before him have left a legacy. Alongside the pulpit today, we have flowers given in loving memory of Alexa Cannon, beloved child of God and child of this church. They celebrate what would have been her college graduation weekend. A living memorial has been pledged in her name. As you've heard, a generous gift has been made to our Mission Build campaign that will allow us to name the Alpha Omega House in her memory, renovating that mission space to provide shelter to our neighbors in crisis. While we feel her absence, we will serve in her memory. Abide in me, Jesus says. Rest in me. Hold on to me. Live in me. These words are pure promise. I believe that part of what Jesus is trying to tell us is that by being connected to him, we are also able to be connected with one another. Jesus invites us to be real and honest about who we are and to know that we are accepted, loved, and forgiven. Jesus is the vine. In him we learn that we are loved unconditionally by God. Abide in me, Jesus says, as I abide in you. This is more than good advice, more than an invitation. It is a promise that no matter what happens, Jesus will be with us, that no matter what the future holds, Jesus will hold on to us. Hear Eugene Peterson's interpretation of our text. Live in me. Make your home in me just as I do in you. I am the vine. You are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation is intimate and organic. The harvest is sure to be abundant. Bearing fruit. Abundant harvest means engaging ourselves as the body of Christ by spreading God's love to the neighbor whom we are called to love. Perhaps it's the neighbor who needs to feel welcome. Perhaps it's the heart opened up by God's word. Perhaps it's the one seeking shelter in a time of crisis, the one who is hungry, the one who is lonely, the one who is grieving. We all are connected by the abiding grace of God. Trust in the vine, Second Presbyterian Church. Tended by the vine grower, by it we receive life. By it we have a future. In it, we have our home. Second Presbyterian, finding direction by following Jesus.